On this episode of Razor Week, we take a look at streaming gaming, the next uh, the Netflix of gaming. Also, uh, the one of the co-founders of Control 4 joins the Savvy Board. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 244, recorded Monday, October 5th, 2020, Gaming Central. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Vanco International. Learn the technology behind the award-winning EVOIP, AV over IP system. And by Blackwire Designs, the go-to distributor for the CI industry with an extensive product lineup backed by unmatched sales and system support. Anytime dealers need it even after hours or on the weekend. This is Resi Week, uh, your weekly look at the residential market. My name is Tom Albright. I am neither tall nor Canadian uh, nor handsome. So I'm not Matt Scott. Uh, he's somewhere in the world. Um, I'm sure taking it uh, easy. Next week, he'll also be off because it's, it's Thanksgiving in October in Canada. I have nothing else to say other than that. Then happy Thanksgiving Canadians. Uh, with us, uh, I guess I'll go East Coast to West Coast. Uh, Mr. Mark Feinberg, welcome, sir. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Good to see everybody today. Good to see you. Uh, and also uh, from the Eastern Seaboard, uh, Northeastern area, is Mr. Todd Puma. Welcome, sir. Hey, Tim. How's it going, buddy? It's good to good, see you. Good, sir. How are you? Good to see you. Uh, down the East Coast and in the uh, smack dab in the middle of Georgia, uh, Atlanta, Mr. Ken Eagle from Atlanta. Welcome, sir. Welcome. Thank you. Go Braves. Go Braves. Is it still baseball? <laughs> Just a little bit. All I know is that the Bears lost yesterday, and that's all I, you know, so. Uh, and last but not least, far on the left coast, East co- or West Coast, uh, my buddy and pal and brother from another mother, Mr. Richard Fergoza. Welcome, sir. Mellow West Coast greetings. Good to be here. Actually, we are on a family adventure. As uh, as the boss has stated, we are on a road school adventure. So uh, my better half celebrates 50 tomorrow. So oh, this is from, right. as usual, from parts undisclosed in Santa Barbara. <laughs> All right. And 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 Mr. Fergosa just celebrated 50 uh, back in May. So Absolutely. Uh, happy birthday, both, both of you. Go Giants, um, but they're out this year. So Well, there's, there's a lot of, actually, there's a, there's quite a few really cool people. Um, our buddy uh, Bradford Ben celebrated 50 uh, in June. So, and there's a couple others. So, yes, 1970 is, is well represented here. So let's kick this off here. Actually, the story comes from, from our website. Savvy Controls has added Eric Smith as a technical advisor. If Eric Smith, the name sounds familiar, well, obviously Smith is kind of common, but the name in conjunction with control systems should sound familiar with you. Mr. Smith uh, was the co-founder of Control 4, and he has joined the Savvy uh, board as a technical advisor. Uh, actually, programming note, we're going to interview uh, Eric and, and a couple other folks from, from Savvy here in a couple of days. We'll post it probably by the end of this week or early next week. Rich, I'm going to start with you on this. As one of the folks who took residential control, and, and this was, it was kind of Control 4's moniker uh, before they got bought by, by Snap, was they, made, they took residential control and made it simple, right? They, they simplified the process. They, they simplified the, the controls and, and the, the back end and, and even the front end. What does this mean, the fact that, that one of the co-founders of Control 4 has joined Savvy, who is looking and aiming to do something similar in the, in the commercial space? Well, I mean, if you, if you think about it, um, you know, for Eric, it, it wasn't his first time around with Control 4. Uh, 
you know, they had first started in the hotel industry and trying to simplify uh, high-speed internet uh, to to the hotel industry. And that's where they got into the control industry. And I remember the initial meetings with that team. They flew us out to Salt Lake to tell us about this whole new concept that they had when they were uh, still working with their parent company, uh, who is now a subsidiary of another company. I don't even know if they're, they know that they own them anymore. But uh, they're, they're really really bright guys. Um, he knows the industry, uh, but more importantly, he knows how to maneuver within an organization and to get an organization positioned um, with their strengths. Uh, my feeling at this point is, you know, I mean, it's never a bad thing to add somebody who has industry experience. And really that's going to be the key, right? Is finding a way to get around the misstep. This is not the first time that organizations have come together. And what have we always said about standards? Uh, you know, the great thing about standards is there's so many to pick from. Um, so, you know, I mean, at this point, uh, you know, it's a wait and see, but uh, I think it, uh, it, we've talked about conversions and we've talked about AVA over IP. And if you had said this five years ago, you'd kind of look at it a little strange and say, well, you know, good luck. There's a whole lot of people out there that are, are working for it. I think with Savvy at this point, um, it can be viable if they make the right decisions and more importantly, they get buy-in and, and that's what it comes down to. And I would assume part of the reason why he's there is to get additional buy-in and a legitimacy to the organization. So, you know, I say thumbs up on it. All right. Mark, same kind of question. Is, is, is Rich right or that this gives legitimacy to, to an organization trying to, to make their way and, and make, uh, make, make room for themselves in, in the industry? Yeah, it's, I actually kind of find it interesting because until the release of Control 4 OS 3, Savvy was an overlay over Control 4 to, uh, to, to use Control 4 in a commercial environment. So they were somewhat partnered. I'm not exactly sure what the relationship was behind the scenes, but Savvy was the commercial overlay over the control for uh, operating system until what a year a year or two ago when o, a year ago when os3 came out so i'm curious if this will hopefully this will bring that back because control 4 really is it's a residential product it's not really designed nor optimized for commercial environments so i'd love to see if he can somehow resuscitate that relationship and bring back a, 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 a commercial application for control 4. Todd, take a look at this, at, at the, what both Savvy has, is trying to do as well as, as what Control 4 did 10 years ago. Um, you are primarily, um, you know, wholeheartedly in, in, you know, you primarily use Crestron Control uh, for, for your systems. If you were to give advice to somebody who is trying to, you know, break through the noise of the, you know, in the residential space, the Control 4, Crestron, Savant, you know, Elan, in the in the in the commercial I'm sorry, there's a residential space in the commercial space you're looking at Crestron, Extron, you know, uh, AMX still to some some point. How would you break through in a, in a market like that? It's it's really listening to the end user. Um, I think Control Four did a great job on listening to the end user, and it took us a long time as you know Crestron dealers and you know Savant came to the market and they listened more to the end user. They they kind of fell on the Apple bandwagon and. The customer wants simplicity. The customer doesn't want you to live there. The customer doesn't want to continuously keep on making investments. So if you listen to what they really want, you break it down to the basics. Mark and I were just having a conversation about it. It's just keeping it down to the limited amount of products. I have a smart TV, a cable box, and a basic remote control. 
and to not have the, the you know, the integrator constantly at your home, that would be heaven for any end user. And especially during these times that we are currently in, the last thing a customer wants us to do is to get in their homes and to be there if it's not necessarily needed. So if they, you know, if he listens to them and he talks more to them than us, I think that would be um, a great opportunity for him and he would be extremely successful once where he was with Control 4 and bringing it to the market. Ken, I'm going to take a little bit of different uh, angle here with you. Uh, about a year and a half ago, almost, it'll be two years in, in January, um, Atlona was purchased by Panduit, right? So a, a large organization. Up until then, Ilya and his brother ran things and, and great and innovative guys. Talk for a second about that transition. And, and I'm going to equate that to, to Mr. Smith coming into Savvy and longtime uh, you know, industry leader. He's got a lot of success. Panduit, longtime uh, industry leader with multiple industries, right? They're bringing in, coming in and going, you know, here's, here's some ways that we've done things. But I also know that there are some things that you guys have done that you've been able to show Panduit, which I find fascinating. Right. So you talk for a second about, you know, having somebody who's maybe been a little bit, you know, in business, maybe a little bit longer, you know, has a little bit more um, different uh, spread across different industries, being able to kind of show you guys, you know, and, and, and train you and, and train you, but but show you some some new uh, new ways to do some things. It's a great topic. I mean, you know, Panduit, like you said, been around for years, uh, a giant in the IT segment. And, and you look at the verticals from for Lona, the commercial verticals we play in, or I should say the business verticals, you've got government, you've got education, you've got corporate. If we're talking about commercial, we're Panduit Place. Uh, they own the IT verticals in those same segments. So they're already in dealing with a lot of customers that uh, a small company like Lona would like to deal with. So you have somebody like Panduit who has relationships and resources, yet you have somebody like a at Lona, who has a lot of AV know-how. That's one thing Panduit doesn't have. They're not an AV company, so they have to learn uh, the ins and outs of the AV business and what the control piece of that business is. And we bring that to the table while they bring in the relationships and the resources. Now, what's interesting about it, now that we're looking at, you know, going on two years ago since being purchased, this is where you really start to see the strength behind the purchase. Because in that first year, you're getting to know each other, you're learning, you're retooling everything in the background, your product teams are redeveloping and coming out with new processes and getting everything lined up to be more efficient, more reliable. And we're now rolling into an era where you're seeing the fruits of the last two years of labor starting to come out in the products that we deliver into the customers that, that we're building new relationships with. And I think when you look at Savvy, probably the same thing. I mean, somebody like Eric coming in, uh, you know, is that going to make a difference in the first six months? So hopefully, but I think over the long period, the influence he can bring to that, just like I've seen with Panduit and Lona, you're going to see that shift over time. And I think they're doing the right thing. I mean, commercial is the place to go if, uh, for their control solution. Now um, residential is, I think, um, you know, they're not going to have as much success there as they can in the commercial space. The challenge now is you've got a lot of uh, big heavyweight players in that space already uh, that Savvy's got to compete against and figure out how to get into that market. And to Todd's point, uh, you know, you got customers in that space, listen to the voice of that customer, and they're not going, uh, 
as Todd mentioned, a lot of those residential customers don't necessarily want to see the integrator in their home uh, all of the time and with a, with a new uh, invoice every time they're out there. The same thing's true for the commercial customer. We've seen years of big brands like uh, the Trons in there and their business models based on, yes, we can do that. It costs us much more. There's always, there's always a little bit more, a little bit more. There's additional programming, additional change fee. Uh, so finding a model that works for some of those customers will be a big key for them. And I know Eric's got the background for that. All right, very good. Uh, next story actually comes to us uh, from our friends over at CE Pro talking about the Netflix of gaming. Netflix-like monthly subscription model is gaining in popularity. Uh, they quote a future source uh, consulting uh, piece, uh, quote unquote from Morris Garrett. Gaming may be on the verge of having its Netflix moment. We're seeing it transition from one-shot content sales into all-you-can-eat subscription-based content uh, access. The likes of Fortnite have reinvented uh, gaming with free-to-play titles monetizing the DLC, the downloadable uh, content uh, sales becoming the predominant business models for new titles. Mark, I'm going to start with you on this. When we look at stuff like this and, and we look at the, uh, the, the gaming on-demand gaming models and you've got Google uh, with, with Stadia, you've got Microsoft with their, again, the, 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 to quote, to use their terminology, all you can play on a monthly basis. You've got uh, uh, PlayStation as well that has a, a version of that. When it comes to residential dealers, what are we looking at there? Are we looking at needing to make sure that we, we support and, and shore up the infrastructure to make sure that the network's not going to go down because, you know, not only are the homeowners playing, but also their kids and, and the people in, inside? Is it something where we're making sure that the switching and the distribution model is up to this, the, the, the 4K and eventually the 8K down, coming down a couple, two or three years? What are we looking at here when we see stories like this that we make, need to make sure that we connect with our customers and say, this is what's coming down. This is what you need to know, you need to, know to be prepared for it. I mean, I think with streaming video, we've, we've already been down the path of making sure that there's connectivity and robust, a robust pipe to the AV center of the, of the room or of the home, whether it's a local system or a centralized system. So I think the connectivity is there. Uh, we've already done that. It's just might be putting in another switch to give another port. Uh, you know, if there's only one, one wire to the, to the room. But um, I think the opportunity really is, is, is going to be letting clients know that they need to think about where they're going to want their gaming systems because you can't centralize a gaming system. You can't put that in a centralized rack because the controllers won't reach. So it's do we make sure we have the infrastructure if they do want to be able to move a gaming system from TV to TV or we have a couple of game systems sprinkled throughout the home so that they, you know, they're, they're in two or three different centralized areas so that you can just move your controllers from from section of the house section of the house and you can connect to a different gaming system um that's i think what more we have to think about is that how is the system going how is the game going to live within the system because it's not just oh plug it into the matrix in the rack because that won't work for control and for latency so you're going to have to have game systems locally and how's that going to look i think is the bigger issue from a network perspective We've done it with Zoom. I mean, with what we're doing now, with, with the pandemic, is doing much more for the network than any content, entertainment content ever could have done. Um, this is, you know, being able to have glitch-free video calling is what my phone is ringing off the hook about. So that's is our- it though, Hang on for a second, because I, I want to I, I kind of look at that for a second. Because uh, typically they're, they're looking at, at five to seven up, right? Five to seven megabytes up. Uh, for for a good Zoom call, right? That's that's what they're asking for. Down, most folks have a, a decent down, so they typically don't even worry about that. If you have between fifty right. and hundred megabytes down, you're you're fine. 
is it is it really more important not more important but is it is is zoom more uh resource intensive than than virtual cloud-based gaming probably not i mean although yeah i just don't know enough to be honest with you about on that um okay. i would venture to say that you're doing neither one can be buffered you know yeah. whereas with netflix if you're streaming video there's a buffer there so if there is a little bit of glitch if something is a little bit a little bit slow it's, it's gonna work out that's not the case with video conferencing or with gaming. Um, late, the latency is going to be a big deal with gaming. If you know, if my voice and my mouth don't quite match up on our video call, eh, everyone on the other side is kind of okay with that. That's not going to be okay with gaming. So it's the the infrastructure, the network infrastructure for gaming probably would need to be a little bit more robust. I mean, better switching, better router. You know, we're not talking access points at this point. I would highly recommend, just as I do with any streaming device, that a game system be hardwired. So it's really the, the router and the switching infrastructure be up to, up to stuff. All right, Todd, same kind of question. What do we need to, to make sure that our, our customers and clients need to know? I think that uh, Mark really hit, hit the nail right on the head for a lot of time. Let me go first, Tim. I appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, Mark. So, so Puma's just going to say ditto and we're going to move on. <laughs> no, we're not. We're gonna we're gonna touch a couple of things with uh Mark has there when he talked about video distribution and going through the house and not being able to put it to a matrix switcher. I have to disagree with that because there is AV over IP at this point, and you can bring the Xbox into multiple rooms. It's all about how you upsell the client. But again, well, but hang on, a minute. he wasn't talking about that. He was talking about the controllers. He was talking about the latency of the controllers. I was saying you right. can't leave the con console in the rack. Yeah, move the oh, Xbox gotcha. around the house and have it yeah. transmit back to the rack. You can do that. Gotcha. Okay, so then we don't touch that topic, but thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but on a few, a few other points is, yes, it all comes down to the network. If you have to take this serious, people do. A lot of gamers and a lot of people are making money off this industry. So we can't treat it just because we're not into it as much as other people are. There are some people who make a ton of money off this. So we need to really do our research here. We need to figure out what actually they need in order to get this done. Now, the average gamer, kids, they're also taking this serious. There's a competitive nature that's going on, which I do believe builds a culture and also helps people understand the competitive end of things. You might be playing sports. You might be playing other things, but these people do not play sports. They play games, and they enjoy playing the games, and they compete with the friends. They build relationships that they never had before. Some people are introverted, and they're not able to do a one-on-one -on -one conversation with each other. I think that this is going to help a lot of people. I do believe that streaming is very important. I believe that this gaming streaming protocols are very important as well. I don't think we're there yet. I think there's um, we're in a beta period for half of humanity. Um, we're not eating the groceries. We're offering the groceries before we know if they're good or not. Um, and I'm not going to build a recipe based upon this, but I am going to do my homework and make sure that the, the streaming and the network is extremely robust. We're offering the right products and we're delivering every single time for this kind of solution. I mean, to, to play on that a little bit, Todd, like you made a point and, and I see it even now with the kids. When Fortnite was huge two summers ago or three, or whatever, two and a half years ago when Fortnite really blew up, I was getting calls from parents saying, my kid's freaking out. His Fortnite isn't working. You know, what's wrong with this network? And, you know, it's like, oh, well, because he had his Xbox on Wi-Fi. I'd come over, I'd, you know, pop another Ethernet because they plopped it in after I'd been there and I'd come by and put it on, put it on the switch and it would all be fixed at least for now um but yeah so th there is going to be that network requirement and uh and we don't know like i mean tim you said that you need five to seven up 
and we have enough down for video conferencing, I don't know what the requirements are going to be for robust streamed gaming. Well, the thing is, which comes into play as well, Mark, is that one other thing that we're not taking into consideration is based upon my observation in the last few months is the kids will have an iPad, their computer, the game system going on, TV streaming. They have multiple different devices going on at once. So we need to be prepared for that, asking the right lifestyle questions. So when they are getting to the point where they're gaming, we have to make sure that multiple people in the home are going to be able to use the streaming as well because the people who are using Netflix, that's important to them. People who are doing Zoom calls, business calls, that's important to them. And you know what? People using Alexa, when someone's cooking in the kitchen, they want to ask a couple of questions. They don't want that latency or delay. So I think that we're really going to have to do some research and invest our time into a robust network and making sure that everything is delivered appropriately by offering what they need for their uh, home and their environment. Agreed. Can take a look at this for a second because Edlon makes several, you know, distribution products, but in, as well as AV over IP. Um, when it comes to talking with with residential folks, and you know, Todd's right about having those those lifestyle questions. Once you have the lifestyle question, though, you know, walk through kind of the design process and say, okay, here's here's what we can do, kids. Right? I, and yes, you you can do if 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 the if the controller is IR, yes, you can have an IR. Uh, ca- capture device and it can transmit it, you know, depending on which one uh, as up, uh, I think as high as up to 50 or 75 feet. Uh, and then you can convert that to, to um, IP if you need to. So talk for a second about what is possible with our current technology to get these folks really kind of into um, not only just a, you know, not only just a dis- distributed video model, but also making sure they understand what's possible to make sure that they're, they're enjoying and their kids are enjoying um, these games. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly it comes down to the network, right? We've got to look at the network and <clears throat> today everybody wants wireless Wi-Fi network. So you're looking at having really robust uh, network to start with, but from a standard, um, from a tr- tr- uh, traditional AV standpoint, um, we're looking at matrix switchers that are going in, you know, um, we've been putting those in for years. We're seeing fewer and fewer matrix switchers every year. Those, they're still out there. There's still some people doing them, but that's a, you know a, a technology that's slowly moving away. But you still got you know technologies in there. Uh, you know HDMI is pretty robust, uh, but you're gonna have to locate the whole gaming system somewhere. Um, you know in the room where you're where you're working. Uh, you've got HD based T technologies, which are very robust. So you're able to move a lot of data through, over HD based T and still uh, build quality gaming systems, including with uh, 4K and HDR solutions with those. Uh, but from, an, uh, from a manufacturing standpoint, from Alona, where we've seen uh, the most use of, of technology in the gaming is in the AV over IP space, where you're, uh, you know, gigabit network, where you're using some compression, but you're still able to produce a very high quality uh, 4K or 1080p solution for the customer. Uh, and the biggest key about it is uh, uh, minimal, minimal latency, so low that it's not um, perceivable to the human eye. So you're still able to do uh, games without seeing any interference based on latency to the game system. So again, it comes down to networking and AV over IP solution is going to be your best way uh, to really be able to incorporate all those different elements Todd was talking about inside the house, because yes, uh, do a lifestyle survey. You know, we have sheets, we build them. So take them out to ask the customer because you've got to include all those points in there. If you miss something and you bring the network down, uh, you know, that's on us or that's on the designer. Yeah, absolutely. Richard, you'll have the last word on this, you know, when we're talking with, with folks about this emerging technology and it's about this emerging opportunity, 
what is it that we have to make sure that we have, as, as Ken said, you know, all of our points, all of our I's dotted and T's crossed to make sure that you don't get a call in a week or two or three, you know, three months from now? Well, I think, you know, the, the guys brought up great points. I, I also think that maybe I read a different article because I got a completely different take on the article than what we just talked about. Um, yes, uh, you know, high-speed internet is going to change things. Uh, AV over IP is going to change things. Um, but they're talking about a brand new acronym, right? G-A-A-S, G-A-A-S, gaming as a service, much like software as a service. Mm -hmm. The way that I'm interpreting this, um, Netflix, you know, they talk about it having a Netflix moment, right? Netflix moment for the people who don't remember used to be a disc rental service. Mm -hmm. You'd get two to five discs in the mail, you'd, you know, these crazy stuff. And then you'd watch the movie and then you'd send a disc back and it, you know, you'd come back. Where Netflix made their huge change was when they went to a discless or media less service. Um, I don't see necessarily the cloud as a real-time gaming option yet. What they're talking about is something different. Um, Apple has come out with uh, a new bundled service they call Arcade. And with Arcade, what they are doing is that they are allowing for the content that you either rent or purchase as part of your license to be downloaded onto your device and played back. One of the little things that Apple never mentions is that if you're not up to date with your iTunes subscription with them, say your credit card uh, expires, you can't watch that content anymore until they make sure that there is a revenue stream for them to tap into. What I see as the interim step is what we're already seeing. And we're, we're seeing it with, you know, I'm calling it, you know, kind of like the, the, the dongles. You know, you've got all of these attachments that are hanging off of displays now. And I think the first instance that you're going to see is not necessarily the real-time gaming, but the ability to, with a minimum, well, not say minimum, but a, a lower amount of memory than you're seeing in the gaming consoles. Again, I, I was the first gener generation of game kits, right? I was the Atari kit. Firsthand, I've got a 10-year-old in the house. I see all the stuff that's coming out. I mean, I'm finding out about Twitch. I'm finding about all of these things with Minecraft. I'm finding about all of the things that are going on. Uh, what we're going to see with this GAAS is the first step is going to be downloadable content that you're going to be able to rent. And instead of, and, and again, I'm dating myself, you know, 25 years ago when you wanted to download a game, you'd watch your little Windows icon go by and be like three days, 22 hours until you could get like a, you know, 10 megabit file. What will happen is you're going to see that as a subscription model, they'll be able to download that game, store it locally within a five minute period, be able to play that game with a local controller. So we're going to see, I think, um, there's always going to be the console gamer. There's always going to be the niche pieces, just like we see in AV, right? You know, they, these are gaming consoles and high-end PCs are going to become the turntables of video gaming, right? They're going to be for that purist, somebody who wants that experience. The casual player, the ones who are coming up and parents who said, well, I'm not going to spend $700 on a console, but I'll spend $99 on a dongle piece, a rental piece, basically, and downloadable content that I spend $9.99 a month for, whatever it winds up being, and it being a palatable experience, and they download that game, stays local, it does, you know, you don't have the, the latency issues, but much like we're seeing with our designs, with set-top boxes, 
originally the concept was centralized AV, right? Like central air, everything was, was spent out. Now we're going to see more of that hybridized use, right? You're going to see more and more dongles kind of locally. And then what will happen is at each of those locations, they're just going to walk up with their device, you know? And again, keeping with the pandemic, keeping with the ideas of the fact that in terms of cross-contamination and personal devices, more and more, you will be able to walk with, you know, your entry point's going to be that controller. And now whether it's a tablet, whether it's a phone, whether it's a dedicated kind of intelligent controller, walking with that controller, it connects to the service, you're playing. You walk into the other room because the folks kicked you out to one of the other rooms, you walk over with that controller, you connect to that unit, you're playing. Because as long as you're paying that subscription service, your hardware devices, you're talking about maybe five to 10 minutes before you're up and running. And what will happen as we see high-speed internet keeping to a continue, and we go from, like you were saying, the 50 down to five to 10 up, going to one gig down to one gig up, all of the cons those constraints are gonna change. And what will then start happening is that we'll, I, again, like I said, where I see this going is along the, the Apple, the Chrome, the Amazon, and they're already talking about that model, where I wouldn't be surprised that there would be an Alexa version of these devices where you can add a skill, which is the gaming device with an HDMI out. And all of a sudden you have access to all of these services. Uh, and I think it winds up making the transmission part, the video transmission part move at that point. And, you know, it, it's just a natural evolution as well. We're going to see, you know, from again, like I said, that Netflix moment is that people are just going to start taking that all you can eat version. And as speeds increase, the latency of getting the content that is going to be the hurdle that they're going to overcome. And, and you'll see more and more adoption as, as time passes. All right. Very good. That'll be a good place to stop. Thank you all so much. Mr. Mark Feinberg, thank you, sir. Absolutely, Tim. Thanks for having me. This is great. Love getting thank together you. with you guys. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, best way is mark at hometheateradvisors.com or on Facebook, uh, Home Theater Advisors. All right. Very good. Mr. Puma, thank you, sir. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate having me. Absolutely. And how do people get a hold of you? You can reach me at my email at todd at the source home theater.com. All right. Mr. Ken Eagle, thank you, sir. Yes, thank you, Tim. You can find me at ken.eagle at lona.com and at lona.com and check out the training page. We got tons of new uh, content and videos out there right now. All right, very good. And last but not least, the vacationing, uh, Rich, Rich Fergosa. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Um, you can type my name into the interwebs. Something always pops up, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Uh, you can also find us at our, as my wife will tell me, soon to be rebranded website. That's been you keep dormant. saying that. I know. You know what? I, getting, hang on. I, I, the, the, just, just so you know, the 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 most recent um, article on on Richie's website uh, is was the passing of of um, Mr. Steve Jobs, which <laughs> was the ninth anniversary today. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a vintage article. It was well done. <laughs> I told you, it's like, I'm like the LP of, uh, of websites, right? You I'm are. Vintage. But eventually it'll be, you know, it'll be in vogue again, you know. It, it'll come right back around. I'll be in style before I do it again. Uh, <laughs> you can't find us at Fergosa Design. You can also find me on Twitter at rfergosa. But more importantly, I say this every time, the best place to find me, please, would be here at our suite of shows on AV Nation, obviously here on Resi Week, AV Week. And uh, if you want to swing on by and uh, see my good friend Steve Greenblatt and I on our show about the control and automation industry called the State of Control, love to see you there. Swing on by.
Yeah, absolutely. Check all those folks out. And actually, they've got a really good one coming up about uh, um, uh, UX uh, user uh, experience. So that's coming down, I think, next month, uh, if I'm I'm not mistaken. So uh, for me, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on the Twitters uh, because the Bears, well, the Bears aren't doing too bad. They're three in one. So you can do that. Uh, but go by the website if you would please avnation.tv that's avnation.tv you'll find this program and a host of others including one that i actually do on a regular basis called av week that looks at the resident at the commercial side of the av space also check out a brand sort of brand new show that's been rebranded uh frank patakala took over our itav show he's rebranded it into the it factor uh frank is a uh, av um pro but also an it pro as well so he brings a brand new perspective to that. So check that out. Also, while you're there, check out our underwriter section. These are the folks who help us financially, help us bring you Resi Week and AV Week and the IT Factor. And Atlona is one of those, and we thank them for their support. So all that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That is all the time we have for Resi Week. 